and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. On today's episode, we are continuing our deeper dive into James City County's Workforce Housing Task Force. Today, we are joined by Janet V. Green. Janet is the Chief Executive Officer for Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity is a nonprofit organization that helps families build and improve places to call home. They believe affordable housing plays a critical role in strong and stable communities. Welcome, Janet. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you here. We're also joined by Teresa Joyce. Teresa is the Senior Vice President and Senior Real Estate Loan Officer for Virginia Community Capital. Virginia Community Capital is a community bank that impacts people by improving how and where they live. Their mission is to create jobs, energize places, and foster an enhanced quality of life for all Virginians. Welcome, Teresa. (laughs) Thanks, Renee. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. All right. Well, before we get started, I'd like to know you both are members of the Workforce Housing Task Force. What is it that attracted you to want to apply for this task force? We'll start with you. Go ahead, Janet. This is Janet with Habitat. I uh, was so honored to be asked to be on the task force because I have spent the last 16 plus years striving for more affordable housing, both in James City County as well as the entire peninsula. So the fact that the county was putting together a group of people from nonprofits, from the banks, from businesses, because this is an economic issue, um, interested citizens all trying to work together to try to come up with ways that we can find, build, sell, and have more affordable housing for the residents of James City County. All right. How about you, Teresa? Well, really the same. I was very excited about the opportunity to serve on the task force. Uh, As Renee stated, Virginia Community Capital is very interested in how and why we would be able to go into communities and help them to understand and to provide more affordable housing for their residents. And uh, the opportunity to sit with a myriad of folks coming from different industries and divisions, and as Janet said, nonprofits, for-profit, I think it was a really good opportunity to insert our voice into that discussion and hopefully come out with something that is helpful to the city. Well, Teresa, many listeners may not be familiar with your employer, Virginia Community Capital. Can you explain what you do? I can. So Virginia Community Capital is a community bank in the Commonwealth of Virginia, started around 11 years ago under the governor's administration at that time. And we were started because they saw a need to bring bank financing to harder to do real estate transactions in the Commonwealth. So Uh, Fast forward 12 years, and here we are. We are still community banks, still in the Commonwealth, and a mission to bring bank financing to harder-to-do transactions in geographic locations that might be pet projects, say, of cities or EDAs. We are, uh, again, a bank who is doing lending solely. We do small business lending and commercial real estate lending uh, across the Commonwealth. All right. Thank you. And Janet, tell us a little bit more about Habitat. We know that Habitat builds houses for lower income individuals. What else do you want listeners to know about Habitat for Humanity? Thank you. You know, everybody knows Habitat. And you may have even seen on the news this past week that, God bless them, President and Mrs. Carter, 93 and 92 years old, were building Habitat homes in Indiana. They built over 50 homes in one week. So everybody's heard of Habitat. 
But what everybody seems to forget is Habitat not only builds homes using volunteers, every home that we build, we sell to a qualified family with lower incomes. So we're working with that segment of society. They're gainfully employed. They've got good employment. They have to have good credit, and they have to be willing to partner with Habitat to help build their home. Once the home is built, though, then they go through a closing with a local real estate attorney, and they're going to be paying back that monthly mortgage to Habitat for 20 or 30 years. The difference is Habitat mortgages are 0% interest, which means over the life of the mortgage, the mortgage won't be changing. We also escrow their taxes and their insurance, and we make sure that over the life of the mortgage that this home is affordable. It's the greatest creator of wealth for these families. It's so important somewhere like in James City County, which is a real tourism area, that these businesses, a lot of the businesses that are on the task force, in fact, talk very eloquently about their need for more employees. These are people who are taking care of our children in schools or keeping our neighborhood safe. They're taking care of our parents in the retirement communities. And if you can't find people who to work there because they can't find a safe and affordable place to live to raise their own families, that's a real problem for places like James City County. Habitat is trying to fill that gap, but incredible need out there for more affordable housing. So Habitat uses volunteers. We partner with churches, with schools, with governments. We're a great partner with the county that we've built. I don't know, it's about 30 houses now here in James City County in partnership with the government to make sure that we can create more of these affordable housing opportunities. All right, Teresa, what do you see as the biggest challenge to funding or building workforce or affordable housing projects? Well, I think it's pretty elementary. Just like most everything else, it comes down to simple math. And what I mean by that is cost versus return. And what you find, no matter what type of project you go into, is if the math doesn't work, there's no way to make it happen. So to bring that into terms of affordable housing, here you have developers or builders who want to perhaps build something, but they can't make the math work for their bottom line. And so I really think that the biggest challenge to affordable housing is how do you structure it such that at the end of the day, the math works for everybody involved. That not only means the builder, the developer, but the individual tenants and the county or the city in which it sits, because all of those different forces have different math that they need to live up to. And I think it's probably the biggest problem is the cost and the financing. I would agree with that. Habitat, while we build with volunteers, we still use all of the licensed subs. And we follow every single rule and regulation and permit that every for-profit developer does. So if there's a uh, bond issue, a permitting issue, a building issue, we follow everything the same as developers. For Habitat specifically, however... It's the same as Teresa just said, land is one of our most difficult issues. If a piece of land is going to cost $100,000 and it's going to cost us about $100,000 to build a house, that's not an affordable house for most people. Here in the county where land is quite valuable, um, there's also something called NIMBY, N-I-M-B-Y, not in my backyard. A lot of people say, I don't really want that house there, even though 
Out of the almost 200 homes that Habitat has built, we've only had three foreclosures. All, sadly, have been due to death. So everybody that has been selected for a Habitat home and is paying for their Habitat home has lived there. Habitat was founded almost 34 years ago. So we've got a great track record because these families with the lower incomes know that this is the only way they're going to have their American dream. So land here in the county, we follow all the rules and regulations. And as Teresa said, if the math doesn't work, we can't be building more affordable housing. Well, and I think you definitely hit on something that we've heard through several of these podcasts, that there are there's a huge misperception out there on what affordable housing truly means in our community and what workforce housing means. Correct. And The task force spent an awful lot of time in the beginning trying to define that. Mm -hmm. I'll make it simple in my terms. Affordable housing is just that. Can you afford your place of where you live? It doesn't need to be a house. It can be an apartment. It can be a rental. And that's been a big discussion here in the county as well. Habitat focuses on home ownership, however, But the task force thinks, uh, as the federal government does, that you are what's called cost burdened if you're spending more than 30% of your income, not of somebody else's income, of your income on housing. We're hearing every single day that people are having to make a choice between after they paid their housing, should they buy food? Should they pay for their medical expenses? Can they forego something else? And a lot of families are already cut so much of what they're doing. With affordable housing, if people are living, let's say, in Newport News or in Hampton and driving into the county for a good-paying job here in the county and gas prices go up just a nickel, that's a huge burden for that household. If there's an accident on the road, and we're all very familiar with that here with all the, the work going on, If they can't get to their job on time, that's affecting that business to either help somebody else make other money. So affordable housing does affect every single person. And that's why we hope everybody joins together and looks at the work of the task force to see how we can build more affordable housing here in the county. One of the things that I think is important as you talk about affordable housing is really perception over reality Mm -hmm. with the people in the community. So affordable housing sometimes can be viewed in a negative light, and it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Uh, Just as Janet described sort of the semantics of what affordable housing is, it's also not necessarily a large public housing, which is what people always go to in their minds. It it doesn't have to look or feel like that. And uh, we kind of went down that road years ago. We're, We're trying now to think through structures that really don't take you down that path, but a different path that can be can look really nice for everybody involved. We have done that. Habitat homes are single family homes. They're 1,200 square feet, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. They're all built to Earthcraft and Energy Star standards, which helps the environment and will certainly help over the lifetime of that 20 or 30 year mortgage. As Teresa said, these are not these projects that we all learned about, like Cabrini Green in Chicago in the 60s and 70s. We also, Habitat, similar to all the other builders, build according to what the neighborhood standards are. If they tend to be two stories in the neighborhood, we're often asked to build a two-story home versus if there's one-story homes. We build with the same buffers and the same zones and what are called setbacks to make sure that everything else is in accordance with the area. 
I mentioned earlier about not in my backyard. We're hoping that people will get to in my backyard. Yes, I want Yimby. Yes, in my backyard. <laughs> because these are your neighbors. We're finding that people who are homeowners, they will their kids know where they're going to go to school. Their kids are healthier because they're not moving around each time. They've got a safe place to study, do their homework. The parents feel more secure in their neighborhood. They're more involved in their neighborhood. They're voting more. They're involved in the neighborhood associations at that point. And certainly they become better workers and employees. Now, you mentioned mortgages. So going back to the finance part of all of this, how important are relationships between the financiers and the builders to produce workforce housing? Well, I think it's integral. I mean, if you ever worked in the finance world or the commercial real estate world, you know that nothing can get done without the money at the end of the day. So I think it's uh, while we need to educate the community, we also need to educate the finance arms of the community who would be the ones who would bring the money to help make these deals get off the ground. So I think that the the short answer is there has to be a real relationship between what's going on and then who's providing the financing or the capital sources for that project. I think it, um, it, it's not as simple though, as it's not single faceted, it's multifaceted. Uh, Janet touched on some of these things. It's zoning, it's, it's uh, neighborhoods, it's financing, it's developers, it's all these people that touch what's going on. There needs to be a relationship there and an understanding of what the end goal is to help out in this affordable housing race. How is finance for workforce housing different from how the institutions relate to market rate builders? Because I'm assuming that there is only, there's a pot of money that is available and that pot of money has to be divided up. Well, if I could just back up for a second. So it's, it's terminology, right? Okay. It's understanding what the terms mean. So you have something called in the, in the industry, affordable housing, we call workforce housing, another term. And then we talk about market housing. Really, affordable housing has the connotation that there is some type of public incentive involved in that transaction. So in other words, low-income housing tax credit as an example. All that means is there's some kind of a tax incentive to the developer or perhaps the tenants on a voucher basis where there is a regulated person that's going to tenant, ultimate tenant, that's going to go into that property and there's incentives given to make that happen. And those rents look a certain way. Workforce housing terminology essentially means I can rent a unit for less than what the market will bear. So if the market is $1,100 for a 700 square foot apartment, I can charge $900, for instance, and that's cheaper or that's more affordable. So, and then market is I can charge, meaning I, the owner, as much as the market will bear. So I think first we have to understand what the terms are as far as affordable workforce and market. And then knowing that those are the terms, back to math, you have a different end total revenues with each of those different type of projects. So how do the costs align such that you can make those different type of projects happen. And that's where you said, what's the difference or what's the relation? That's where the relation is between these different type of projects. Okay. 
All right. Anything to add on that, Janet? Yes. Just to confuse it a little more, um, (laughs) Habitat, for instance, just earlier this year finished what we call a home builder's blitz. These were six homes built here in the county that were built by professional for-profit builders that wanted to give back. They gathered their subs, their licensed contractors, their workers to build these six homes for Habitat. Habitat raises money here locally, and 100% of the money raised stays here locally to build more of these affordable houses. And then the mortgages that are paid back also stay here. Mortgages are paid back to our Habitat. With all due respect to Virginia Community Capital and Teresa, we're the bank. Habitat keeps those mortgages to plow back into what we call recycle to build even more houses here locally. So 100% of our home home buyers are paying less in their mortgage than they are in rent. So financing can be as creative as you want it to be. Habitat happens to be, we think, on one end of the spectrum of if our home buyers are paying their mortgages, are paying less in their mortgage than they were in rent. That leaves them more money to do other things that they would like to do here in the county. So I think we have here at the table two different financial institutions, basically, that are in the mortgage world. And I'm assuming that everybody is working together. because You all are on this committee, on this task force together, because everyone knows that there's not one solution to all of this, much like there's not going to be one lender that's going to take care of all of this issue in the county. We all need to be working together. And that's what I love about this task force. I, I, there's a gentleman on the task force that runs this large retirement community and talks about the reason he's on the task force is that he needs to find more employees that right. live and work here so they can get to his job. I find it fascinating that the group of people, and I believe that these meetings are open to the public, mm-hmm. so anybody can come. The There's usually a reporter there that reports in the paper, so you can find this information. You can find the minutes. It's fascinating to watch how we are all coming together with a common goal of providing more workforce and affordable housing for the residents of our county. Well, and I think to sort of answer the question about it's not just one lender, I think it's not just, it may not be a lender at all. In other words, the capital structure of any given deal might not even necessarily have a lender in it. It might be public funds. It might be philanthropic funds. I think this is the type of stuff we're trying to think about in our task force, trying to think outside the box. It doesn't necessarily have to just be a loan that gets paid back. Are there other... Uh, people, companies that are interested in affordable housing enough, like the retirement community gentleman that Janet mentioned, that would come together with some source of capital that could put a, a total stack together that would help make this happen. So trying to get out of just the the thought process that, well, it's a bank and then you put equity in and just regular uh, capital structure type discussion, but you know, who else is impacted, involved, and cares. And a great partner in this is the county. The county is in charge of the zoning and the permitting and all the regulations. Can they, and I'm just, these are just some ideas that came out at uh, some of the meetings. Could they fast track if there's more affordable housing? There's something called inclusionary zoning. If a for-profit developer says, I want to build 30 apartments 
Could the county say you could build 36 apartments out of which three of those are affordable and you get three more? So we're building even more housing for people. There's so many ways that this is why this is going to work is because we've got so many different partners in the room, all coming with their personal backgrounds and their professional experience trying to come up with solutions. And we'd love to hear from anybody. I don't think those of us in the room have all the answers. So other people may have answers or solutions or suggestions, and that's how we're going to solve this issue. So for people to get more information on the work of the Workforce Housing Task Force, they can go to the county's website, jamescitycountyva.gov forward slash WHTF. And while you're there, you can find the minutes, you can find the schedule for the next meeting. It has been absolutely fascinating to get some statistics from both the county and around the Commonwealth of Virginia. They've got an excellent consultant who is helping us, who's an expert in affordable housing around the country. Um, And so we're, we're learning not to necessarily reinvent the wheel, is to make sure that we're taking kind of the best ideas from around the country and certainly around the Commonwealth and try to put them in place here in the county. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up? Get involved. Yeah, I would totally agree. You can get involved with the task force. You can get involved in other ways. And with Habitat, we're always looking for volunteers. The only thing that you really need to know is to be safe. You don't have to have expertise. We'll teach you everything. Um, And that's a great way to get to know your community and your neighbors. So we'd love for people to become more involved. Task Force Habitat, um, any way they can. Anything else, Teresa? No, I just would echo what Janet said. Get involved. uh, Voice your concern. Have your voice be heard. And uh, Renee's already mentioned where the website is. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you both very much. This has been a very informative episode of the podcast. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James Sydney County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Also take a moment to visit our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov forward slash podcast. While there, you'll be able to see all of our podcasts that we have recorded, as well as leave us comments or ideas for future episodes. So again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk with you next week. Thank you.